Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And I want to share today uh, the start of a new series called Calling All Intercessors. Um, speaking now about two weeks after the vote to leave the European U Union. And uh, I must admit it was uh, something that I was happy about, something I'd been praying for. Uh, as I want to explain. But in the run-up to this vote, it suddenly dawned on me how vital it was that this was the, the biggest decision, really, that we may face in our lifetime as, as a nation as to whether to be in or out of the European Union. And in, the, in that situation, I felt convicted by God that, really, we have ignored, um, and I'm probably not the only one, but we have ignored his instructions on the importance of us praying for our nation. This is of first importance, and it affects everything else. It affects our ability to preach the gospel. It, it affects our ability to bring forth God's will uh, in the nation. And so this has really woken me up to the need to pray for the nation. And we really cried out to God as a church, and I believe God heard our prayers. But Yet it's an ongoing battle, it's an ongoing need for us to pray for our nation, for God's will to be done on the earth. And I want to share about that, that the ministry of the intercessor is a ministry that we're all called to in the body of Christ. Jesus is the great intercessor. Um, <clears throat> he interceded for us on the cross and he purchased all our, every blessing for us. Uh, but he ever liveth to make intercession for us now. And now we are in the body of Christ. We are in Christ and we share in that ministry. That ministry which is to release upon the earth the victory and the blessings that he won for us on his uh, unique intercession on the cross. And we must enter into that ministry. He needs us to do this uh, because of our position here on the earth. And so God is calling us all into a ministry of intercession and to put that before uh, anything else. We are all called to the ministry of reconciliation, of bringing men back to God. Jesus accomplished that reconciliation on the cross. He made it possible, but even now we have a ministry of reconciliation to make what Jesus did on the cross, to, to apply it to each person's life. And part of our ministry of reconciliation is intercession, especially for the lost. And also, of course, sharing the gospel. And so I wanna share with you about this and bring many, many scriptures to light uh, in this situation. And so we are responsible to pray for our nation. And let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. And as our starting point today, Paul says to Timothy, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this, this good government, is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Saviour, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. And here it says that this is something we must do first of all. Pray for our nation. Before we even pray for ourselves, it says, 
pray for all men and especially for kings and those in authority. And he says, we must do this first of all. This comes before anything else uh, because so much else depends on it. And it says that, that we might live a peaceable life, a godly life. And good government is God's will for us. It's for our blessing that we have good government where we have the freedom to live uh, a godly life and to share the gospel. And we mustn't take that for granted. And so good government gives a stable society and it facilitates the spread of the gospel. And because we have not been praying for our nation, what's been happening is that the powers of darkness have been encroaching on our nation and we have been losing our freedom to share the gospel. And if this was to continue, it would make it harder and harder to do this. And I believe that as we pray, for our government, we push back the influence of the powers of darkness upon it. Uh, and this in turn changes the spiritual atmosphere and it gives us the release to preach the gospel. And so that's why he says that we must do this first of all, for those in authority especially, not only for our own sake that we have the peace and order of good government uh, and we're set free from oppressive government, um, but also, he says, it's good and acceptable to God because he desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And so by having good government, by having peace and the influence of the Lord on our government, this enables the spreading of the gospel that all might be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And then he gives us the major key for our intercession. And we'll be talking about what intercession really means. It's not just any old prayer. Um, it's a special kind of prayer. And the key to intercession is the fact that Jesus, it says in verse 5, there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And this is talking about the fact that Jesus is the mediator between God and man. He is the intercessor. And when we are carrying on the ministry of intercession, we are sharing in that intercession. We are ruling and reigning with Christ in from heavenly places. We are bringing the will of God into the earth. We are being the mediator, the intercessor in Christ. And so we see how Jesus interceded and that will teach us how we can intercede and bring heaven to earth. We can be part of that mediation between heaven and earth. And so this is, first of all, this is of first importance. This is before anything else. We must start to give ourselves to intercession and therefore we need to learn what that means for our lives. Although we are citizens of heaven, where I think, well, I, all that matters is I'm a citizen of heaven. It doesn't really matter what goes on in the politics of the land, you know, I'm just, my eyes are on heaven. But nevertheless, we are to pray for the nation in which God has called us to live because we have a mission. The reason we're here on earth is for a mission. And our mission is to spread the gospel. Our mission is to disciple all nations and bring the kingdom of God, the spiritual kingdom of God into our nation, into the world. Uh, and whether, how effectively we can do that actually depends on the condition of our nation. And the more godless and the more 
spiritual darkness we allow to come upon our nation, the harder it is for us to get this job done. And I believe since World War II, we've allowed our nation to sink into greater and greater darkness. And as the church, we must rise up and say enough. And we must begin to intercede in such a way that the light of God can arise again in this nation. The responsibility is actually on us as God's people. And Jeremiah 29 verse 7 talks about how God's people are responsible to pray for their nation. We, we might think, well, we belong in, uh, in heaven, so what? But in the same way, Israel at this time were in captivity in Babylon. They were in a, a foreign land. And they might have been tempted just to say, well, that Babylon's got nothing to do with us. We just look after our own interests. But God says, no, you must pray for the nation in which you live, because in that, their prosperity will be your prosperity. And, uh, and so he says, seek the peace of the city where I've caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it. Pray for its peace and prosperity, for in its peace you will have peace. So the condition of our nation will affect us. For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call on me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And what God is saying is, I have great plans for you. I want to prosper you. I want to use you in the earth. I want you to play a big part in my purposes. But it's not automatic. It, it isn't going to just happen because God wills it to happen. In fact, God needs us to pray his will through into the earth. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Without our prayers, it's not going to take place. And so he says, you must call to me, you must pray to me, you must seek me with all your heart. Then you will come into the plans and the thoughts I have towards you. And a big part of that is praying for the nation in which you live because the condition of the nation will affect everything else that you do. And so if you want to prosper, if you want to enter into God's will for your life and your ministry, you must first of all pray for the nation because that, again, affects everything else. He says, I need you to pray for the nation in which you live. I've got good plans for you, but you must pray for the nation and you must pray my will through and seek me with all your heart. Seek my plans, seek my will and pray them through. And so God says, we, we are to be the salt of the earth uh, in Matthew 5.13. That means we, through our prayers and our witness, we bring flavor. We influence our nation for good and towards righteousness. And we prevent the corruption. You put salt on meat to pre prevent the corruption. So our prayers have an effect of stopping the corruption that comes in from the powers of darkness. Uh, and, and our prayers restrain, Thessalonians talks about our prayers, and our witness restrains the spirit of Antichrist. And, and so we have an important place to pray. You might say, I'm not a preacher, but you can be a prayer. And your prayers can be powerful in the kingdom of God. But we have become too passive in this way. Prayer and intercession is is vital why why does why is it necessary to pray and really i think it is absolutely right what john wesley said god does nothing on the earth 
except in answer to believing prayer. That's an amazing statement. So many times we'll see in the Bible that when they didn't pray, God could not move like he wanted to move. We tend to think often, well, God will just do what he wants to do anyway. He kind of pretends to involve us a bit, but in the end, he'll just do what he wants to do. And therefore, our part isn't that vital. And so we become passive. But if we realize that actually our part is vital uh, for God to fulfill his purposes, his, his perfect will, it requires us to step up and to pray. And there's a reason that God is limited, you might say, by our faith and prayers. Uh, whether this nation has revival or not, for example, is not just a matter of God's sovereignty. He does want to send revival. Of course he does. He wants as many people to be saved as possible. And so the limiting factor is, will his church rise up and pray as they ought to? And the reason why God uh, is limited is in his sovereignty, he's chosen to limit himself in a way. In his sovereignty, he has delegated authority on earth to, to man. He did this in the beginning, of course, with Adam. You know, if you were a boss, and for instance, and then you delegate to someone under you, and you give them authority for a certain part, um, to do a certain job, you limit yourself to what that person does. And, uh, and so God gave Adam authority on the earth. Adam was God's representative. And therefore, God isn't the kind of delegator that immediately the person doesn't do it exactly the way he wants it. He steps in and takes over. That wouldn't be delegated authority. God gave Adam authority to be his representative on earth, to, to rule in God's name on the earth. And therefore, authority was invested in Adam as far as the earth was concerned. We see that in Genesis 1.26. It says, God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So God gave Adam this dominion upon the earth. And therefore what happened depended on Adam's choice. He was the key to the whole situation. And uh, we also know, of course, Satan was present. He had fallen. Uh, but Adam still had the key. He had the authority on the earth. And, you know, even after Adam fell, that did not change. Because 3,000 years later, the Psalm 8 actually affirms that this was still true. It, the psalmist, he says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, and these, these are people, of course, even the babes, you have ordained strength or praise. In other words, God has invested in us the ability uh, the authority. Um, he says praise. What is praise? This word strength is the same word praise, and it's 
he's talking about how excellent is your name in all the earth. And we have the authority to declare the name of the Lord, the excellency of his name. And through that praise, we release strength, we release power, we release the will of God. He says, you've ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. How does God silence the enemy, his enemy? He does it through the mouths of men. He says that out of the mouth of babes, even babes, even not spiritual giants, but babes who use their mouth, who declare God's will and God's praise and God's name, he uses that to silence his enemies. So he's invested authority in man. And he, man can use his authority for good or for bad. And then he says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've ordained, what is man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? In other words, he's amazed and he says, you're such a mighty God. You created the universe and yet you have invested man with this amazing authority that he is your representative and he only works and you only work on the earth through man. For you've made him a little lower than the angels, and you've crowned him with glory and honor. And you've made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. And you've put all things under his feet, sheep and oxen, the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, that pass through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. In other words, even after the fall, it was still God's purpose and God's plan. He hadn't changed his mind that he had given man the rulership upon the earth. And therefore, we have that responsibility. We have a part to play in what God accomplishes on the earth. Psalm 115, verse 16, summarizes this. It says, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given or is signed to the children of men. Now, the Lord owns the earth. That hasn't changed, but he has given the assignment to man to rule on the earth. And therefore, man has operational authority on the earth. The problem, of course, is that the first man, or the head of the human race, Adam, submitted to Satan. He, gave, he submitted his authority to Satan. He gave his kingdom, as it were, to Satan. The, 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 and so the kingdom of men, which we call the world system, has now come under Satan's authority. Adam handed that over to him. And that's why Satan's called the God of this world, the God of this system. Satan rules over the darkness of this world system. And because Adam had that authority, um, that he submitted it to Satan. And so the evil in this world is because of what man does. He submits to Satan and he allows evil into this world system. But the good news is that Christ, when Christ came, he accomplished a great thing. He delivered us from the power of darkness, the Bible says, and translated us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He's released us from the power of darkness. And so we, if we're born again, we're not under the darkness of this world system. We are children of light, praise God. We've been set free from that. We are in the world, but we're not of it. So we have been given authority in Christ. We are not under the authority of the world system. We're not under the authority of Satan. We have authority now as men and women on the earth. And so 
we can use our authority in prayer and we can release God's will into the earth. And God needs us to do that. If we're passive, then the darkness will just prevail. But if we know our authority and we start to rule and reign with Christ through prayer, especially, we will make a difference. God needs us as channels for his power to flow. Because again, as men alive on the earth, we have that authority and God needs that, needs our believing prayers to fulfill his will on the earth. Why God has chosen to limit himself to man, that might be a mystery, but it's because he wants sons who will rise up that, that, that he can fellowship with and that, that he can work with. We are co-laborers with him. And so we have a high calling, but also we will stand before God and be accountable if we do not rise up and take our place of authority and pray for our nation. Because if we don't, the, the darkness, because Adam gave it over to the principalities and powers to rule over the human world system, if nothing is done, he will just dominate. But we have been given authority by which we can actually exercise God's power and release God's power. And basically, the powers of the enemy are no match for the mighty power of God that we can release through prayer. And so the ball is in our court. We must rise up. Jesus said, we must pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's up to us to step up and to pray and release the kingdom of God on the earth. It's a very telling scripture, is Ezekiel 22, verse 30. God says, I sought for a man to stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, but I found no one. Therefore, I poured out my indignation on them. See, here is God. He wants to bless the land. He wants to pour out his mercy and his blessing on the land. But the problem is, because of their sin, there was a gap in their defenses, and judgment was bound to flow. Destruction was bound to come through that broken down wall onto the land. And God wanted to bless the land, but he couldn't. He couldn't unless he could find a man, a man who could step up, a man who had a relationship with God, a man who could step up and intercede and bring God's blessing and God's mercy upon the nation. And he said, because he, even though he wanted to pour out his blessing, because he could not find a man, who would step up and stand in that gap before God. Therefore, it was inevitable that judgment was poured out. And so without the intercessors praying for the nation, then the nation is doomed to destruction. And God is calling you to be an intercessor, to pray for your nation, for your family, for your church, for the lost. Because without that intercession, God is unable to move. And even though that might seem a difficult uh, thing to take, yet the scripture is clear that God needs us to step up and to take our place in intercession before God. And so we're going to be talking about this. And next time I'm particularly wanting to share about the state of our nation. What is God's vision? Because I believe that God has a calling and a destiny on our nation, the United Kingdom. We've seen it in times past. We have, in a way, been... Um, there is a sense in which the Greeks, 
gave the initial idea of democracy. But the tr the true a true a truer democracy, you might say, was birthed out of the the Christian faith of this nation, and we have been a major um, used by God really to 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 spread democracy in the world. But more importantly, God's used us to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth, and we have a calling to do that. And I'm going to share next time how we've fallen from that calling, and there are reasons for that. And, but nevertheless, God is going to give us another chance, just like he gave Samson another chance. I believe we're coming into a time now where we have another chance for God's blessing to come on this nation again and for us to be a major source of light to the nations. And it all depends on the church rising up and taking its place in intercession. That's where it belongs. That's where it begins. And if we can do that, and so I'm calling, God's calling for a man, for a woman, who will step up and stand in the gap. Next time I'm going to share with why this is such a key time with the EU issues and what's really going on spiritually behind the scenes. This is our moment, and if we let this moment pass us by and we carry on life as usual, it will not go the way it needs to go. And God will have to lay our nation aside and raise someone else up. God has a purpose for our nation, a destiny for our nation. But we must seize the day. We must rise up and take our place because it's not going to just happen automatically. It's going to happen because we pray, because we lay hold of the will of God and we birth it in the earth. And this is the work of an intercessor. I'm going to share, be sharing about intercession because it's the strongest kind of prayer. It's a prayer, really, that very few Christians even have much of an inkling about. You know, their idea of prayer is just sending up the odd hopeful arrows. Intercession is something on a far deeper level. So I do hope you'll continue listening on this series and many things will be opened up. God bless. I want to introduce you to my book called The Keys of Time, which reveals how God is sovereign over time and how he's working his purposes out and the time that we're in right now, near the end. And this will give you an understanding of Bible chronology and open your eyes in a new way to how he is the Lord of time. My other book also relates to the end times. It's called Signs in the Heavens. It's how God uses signs in the heavens throughout the Bible. And this will give you some real meat in this area. And the Bible talks about there being signs in the heavens in the last days, indicating that God is doing special things as time draws to its close. So this will open your eyes to how God uses the heavens as his billboard. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.